Seasons don't follow people, but people follow seasons. Seasons don't adjust to us, but we adjust to seasons. God has set time and event. God has set time for everything and event on earth. As winter comes, you have to prepare for it. If you don't prepare for it, if you don't wear warm clothes, winter will come. Like it or not, getting ready for it or not, winter is coming, friend, and it will get cold. The temperature will drop. Those who are smart will start changing the settings of their air conditioning. Heaters will be resuscitated from the garage. In our offices, in our bedrooms, we'll change temperatures. It simply shows that seasons don't follow us. We adjust to seasons. We adjust to season. And if you don't follow seasons, you face consequences. You, no, nobody will force you. you. You will face it yourself. God created seasons. He created time. God created time. He spoke and the first day came to existence. So let me show you something. I will start by explaining why we have these things here. God created time. The first day God spoke creation. Things came to existence. Time came to existence. He gave us day and night. And we call it the first day. Everything started on that day. Everything we know in time started on that day. And before time, there was what we call eternity before. Eternity before. God is out of time. It's out of matter. He's out of space. On that day, everything started. Time started. Then in due time, when he set the time, in his due time, he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. Not in time we chose. The time he chose, Jesus came. There was many years between those two events, but it finally happened. And Jesus himself said, in due time, Jesus is coming back again to judge. Not to die on the cross, but as a judge in due time. So, when Jesus was on earth, he told his disciples... I don't know when this will happen as Jesus is a, is a human. Nobody knows when that will happen. But between the cross and the judgment seat, that time here is called the last days. We've been living in the last days 
from the day Jesus died on the cross, he came to earth, to the time he will come to reign as a judge, that will be, that is called the last days. But the last day, one day, is the day he will sit to judge. The last day, not days. The last days start from the time he, he came on earth to the time he will sit on that throne. But the day he will sit on that throne is the last day. Where, you remember, eternity before will be linked to eternity after. And the two eternities will meet. We'll start living in eternity again. From the last day to the first day. Does it make sense? The last day, the first day, in between, we have creation and events. We have the last days, last day. So we are waiting and believing his return because he said he's coming back. He said that. He's coming back. Theologians, or scholars, they have studied events and signs of the last day. They call that eschatology. Study of the last days. Eschatology. Unfortunately, they came up with more than one theory to explain to us or to interpret what will happen around the last day. The study of the last days or the last day is eschatology. But what will happen around that, we, are, we have more than one theory. Some people say this, some people say that, some people say that. So let, let's go through some of them. Let's go through some of them. The first one is preterism. Preterists believe that all apocalyptic scriptures were written only to encourage persecuted people in the first century. They don't believe the scriptures to be prophetic. They don't believe that this will happen. What we read in the book of Revelation, according to them, is not something that will happen. It has happened, according to them. Those were just writings to encourage those who were being persecuted in the first century. There, there's, there's so much details there in, 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 in this theory of preterism. I'm just giving you a simple kind of overview of what they believe. They even, some of them believe that the second coming of Christ has taken place. So we are living now, according to preterists, we're now living into that era. The second coming of Christ has taken place. Others are post-millennialists. They believe that Jesus will return after the millennium. Then the church will reign on earth for thousands of years. Good will overcome evil. And then Jesus will return again. So there is a thousand years that will happen. And Jesus will come after that. After the thousand years. A millennialism. Uh, in Hebrew, uh, in Greek, it stands for no. So there is no millennialism. They don't believe in a literal, literal thousand years of reign of believers on earth. 
They don't believe in that. So they think that we are now living in the millennium, millennium here. They believe that's a symbolic language of the time before Christ, uh, when Christ came to the time Jesus comes back. That's what they believe. Dispensational premillennialism. This approach separates physical Israel from spiritual Israel, the church. So they say whatever happened to the physical Israel is separate in the, in the book of Revelation from what happened or in the Bible to what's happening to the church, we, the body of Christ. They believe every promise made to Israel in the Old Testament will be fulfilled before the judgment. They believe that Jesus will rapture the church first, then God will allow the great tribulation in order to deal with Israel. God will take the church first, Jesus will take the church, and then deal with the physical Israel, and then do whatever he wants to do there, save them, and then judgment. The fifth one is historical pre-millennialism. They don't expect the rapture. They believe that all Old Testament prophecies are being fulfilled in the church, the spiritual Israel. So we, we are living already into all the promises. There are so much details when you read these things. And when you click on YouTube or Google things, you will hear every kind of theory about those days. The bottom line is, no one knows precisely when and how Jesus will return to earth. They're, most of them are speculations or interpretations. Whether you believe in the rapture or not, whether you believe in millennium or not, I can say with boldness, boldness that Jesus is coming back and he will judge the deeds and words of all people. No matter what, which theory you believe in, the bottom line is, he's coming back and he will judge. So, I want to draw your attention to that judgment than the theories about premillennialism, postmillennialism, amillennialism. So what? The book of Revelation is more about Jesus than it's about the beast. It is more about the romance between Christ and the church that is about the 666, which we focus on those things. It's more about God putting down his enemy than it's about the years of tribulation. But we focus on tribulation. Is it tomorrow? Is it this president now? Is that prime minister who is coming? <laughs> and I'm not saying that we should not study those details. They are important. But we should keep first things first. When we start the last days, Jesus is coming again. There will be the resurrection of the dead. That's good news, guys. That's good news. The judgment is real. That is also good news. Why? Because it brings passion to know that it's coming. We can preach the gospel with passion. People are living anyhow today because they've, we've lost focus telling people grace, 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 and then we forgot to tell them, but 
there is judgment. And I believe in both. I believe in judgment. I also believe in, in, in love. I believe in all justice of God and the grace of God. The disciples wanted to know the exact day and hour of Jesus' return, but instead of giving them the exact time, he gave them some clear signs of what will happen that will announce his return. So let's look at some of those. One is wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, 3 to 7. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming and of the end, the end of the age? Jesus replied to them, Watch out that no one receive, deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive you. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed because these things might take place. But the end is not yet. For nations will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Since the declaration of this prophecy, there have been countless wars around the world. The impact of it depends on where you are. Maybe because you are in Australia, you don't know it's happening. Wars are still going on. Currently, more than 32 countries are going through conflict. But Jesus said, the end is not yet. When we see wars, we should know that the end is not yet there. Remember, believers who witnessed World War II thought that, oh, this is the end. Because it was so bad. It was so bad to the point where they thought it was the end. But it wasn't the end. Then he said, famines and earthquakes. For nation will rise up against nation. Matthew 24, 7. And kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. You know what? Nearly one in three people in the world, 2.37 billion, did not have access to adequate food last year. 2.37 billion people did not eat well last year. Poor nutrition causes nearly half of death in children under five. 45%. 3.1 million children each year die because of poor nutrition, according to World Food Program. Between 1998 and 2017, earthquakes caused nearly 750,000 deaths globally, according to World Health Organization. But Jesus said, the end is not yet. Those are signs of the last days. From here, from the cross to the judgment seat. They will be happening there. It's not yet the end. Then he said, persecution of believers. Matthew 24, 9. Then they will hand you over to, the, to be persecuted and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. It's okay if your colleague at work doesn't like you because you mentioned the name of Jesus. It is okay. It was promised. 
From the time Jesus said you will be persecuted, it started. It has been around. And this is not something to scare us. It's promised. The glory ahead is greater than the hatred in the office. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul addresses the issue because believers were persecuted to the point where they thought, some of them thought the day of the Lord had come. It was so bad. 2,000 years ago, persecution continues. Christians have been persecuted for their beliefs since the launch of Christianity. The bottom line is persecution was promised and persecution is there to stay. We know we stand for the truth. <laughs> it's not always fun to stand for the truth. It's not. And then he said, good news will be preached to all nations. Matthew 24, 10 to 14. Then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. The, the, the love of many, sorry, will grow cold. I know the love of money can't grow cold. <laughs> we love money. <laughs> but the one who endures to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. It's after verse 14 that Jesus said, and then the end will come. Everything that happened here was just the signs of the last days. When the good news is proclaimed everywhere, it will make room for the end, the judgment seat. It seems like the church has the responsibility to, for the, in the fulfillment of that prophecy. Don't you think so? Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he said, until the good news is proclaimed everywhere, the end is not yet there. Do you see the connection there? We have the responsibility to call Jesus. The church. We, the more we preach the gospel, the more room we make for him to come back. Quicker. And the lazier we are, the longer, the longer these things keep going. The lazier the church is, more persecution will continue, more earthquakes will continue, more famines will continue, more wars will continue. <laughs> people have three ways to respond to this message. As I'm talking now about the last days, people have three ways to respond. Like in this group now, we have three groups of people. The way we respond to this message of the last days. The group, group one ignores it, or at least is ignorant of it. No, those are two things. Group one choose to ignore it. Ah, last days. They've been talking about this for many years. My mom said it to me. My uncle said it to me. I'm now 60. It's never happened. Hey, you know that happens. You can choose to ignore it, or you are just ignorant of it. Nobody has explained these things to you, so you, 
you don't know what is happening with the last days. Group two, they are aware of the last day. They know it's happening, but they don't desire it. They don't want it to happen. They don't want Jesus to come back for some reason. I, I, we have different reasons. <laughs> Maybe they're still enjoying life. So they feel like, go, go, Jesus, push it a little bit further. Jesus. <laughs> they try to push the throne as far as they can because they are still enjoying life. Boom. Maybe that's where you, you, you fit. You have plans. And you think if Jesus comes back, he will stop your plans. That's fine. You have the right to choose. Group three is fading up with life for some reason. They are tired. They wish Jesus' second return was set for tonight. They desire Jesus' return, the coming, the second coming of Christ to happen now. You know what? Desiring or not, ignorant or not, seasons and time have been set by God. Regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of how people feel about it, it will happen. This time happened without your opinion. This time happened without your opinion, my friend. This time will happen without your opinion. Judgment will take place. Winter is coming. <laughs> Regardless of how you feel or think about it. Jesus is coming back. And God has set the time. Let's read Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will reward each according to what he has done. The question is, are you ready or not? We must be ready to meet the Lord whenever that day arrives. And I will say this slowly so we can be on the same page. He may come for us today or we may go to him. Our earthly lives may end in physical death or Jesus' return. But we will all one day stand before the throne. The question is not if Jesus is coming tonight or not. The question is, even if he doesn't come tonight, you may go to him. And if you don't go to him, he may come to you. <laughs> so we have options. <laughs> Are you prepared for any of those meetings? Ways of meetings. Meetings options. Second Corinthians 5.10 For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We must, not we may, not we can. We will each re receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. But now, if you will only forgive their sins, Exodus 32, 32-33. But if not, erase my name from the record you have written. But the Lord replied to Moses, No, I will erase the name of everyone who has sinned against me. 
Sin forces God to erase the sinner's name in, from his book of life. It forces him. People say, why does God send people to hell? God does not send anybody to hell. When we sinned, the boat started to sink. We, we created that hole. We created the hole in the boat. Then it started to sink. And then God said, oh, I have a rescue boat outside. Can you jump into it? He said, ah, no, no, we're trying to fix this one first. He said, it is sinking. Can you see it going down? No, no, we will try to fix it. Okay, fix it. Everybody voluntarily, can you come to this one here? There is a rescue boat outside. God is not sending anybody to hell. In fact, God is inviting us to avoid hell. And the decision is ours. Revelation 25, 20, 21, 27. Nothing unclean will ever enter it. Nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. But only those written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those who are in the book. Whoever will not be found in the book of life will face eternity in the lake of fire. I don't care how you interpret fire or hell. The one thing I know, it's not a good place to be. Oh, let's say it's just imaginary. It's not, imagine it whatever you want, however you want. It's a bad place, my friend. And you can tell me, no, we are going to stay on earth. Because they are, that's theory too. That we are going to stay here. Jesus is coming back to restore the earth. Other people are saying we'll be raptured and go to, to heaven somewhere. Does it really matter? Wherever that place will be, heaven, it will be a good place. Because Jesus will be there. You see why we get confused? Because we try to go into the details. And then you ask yourself, does it really matter? If hell... It's not a lack of fire. It's something else. It's not a good place to be. If heaven is here on earth or it's somewhere in the sky, wherever that place is, I want to be there because Jesus will be there. The studies of the last day have confused most of us. While the scripture is clear, let's keep first thing first. He's coming back and there will be judgment. The only way to escape eternal judgment is to put our faith in Jesus. We'll start a new series on sin. Some people say sin is like cancer. I don't think so. Cancer, we don't have a cure for cancer yet. Sin is not like a cancer. Sin is like a virus with a vaccine. That works 100%. A real one. Because if you don't get that vaccine, you are going down. But if you get it, that, that, not the, the one you know we are thinking about. <laughs> the real one. The real one. It's, it's got a solution. We have a solution. It's called Jesus. It's called Jesus. God did not leave us on our own to figure out what to do about this. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I'm not scared of him. He has welcomed me. He's given me the way. When I see him seated there, I say, hi, mate. <laughs> and then, yeah, mate, come forward. He's cool. He's cool. <laughs> Jesus is cool. 
I can imagine him being too friendly to us and too harsh to those who rejected him. I, I see him, come my son, and what are you doing here? Both attitude, depending on your response to Jesus will determine eternity, will determine what will happen to you after this seat. Jesus, what he did here was to set your life from here to there. What happened on the cross, what happened on the cross. The purpose was to set you up for eternity. Because when God reconnects eternity before to eternity after, you will be either with him forever or without him forever. And Jesus said, I'm giving you the opportunity to be with me forever. Your convictions don't matter. What you believe in or you don't believe in don't matter. Is your attitude towards the cross that will determine your place after judgment. The cross, the cross, the cross is the answer. The cross changes everything. Look at the numbers on the screen. Everything you do without Christ gives you zero. Everything you do without Christ gives you zero. But if you put Christ before everything you do, if you put Christ ahead. If you put Christ at the front, everything you do is meaningful. Without Jesus in your life, you add a new job, it's zero. You add a new husband or wife, it's zero. You have 20, a new one, yes. You have 20 children, it's zero. A new house, zero. Whatever success you have in life, Whatever satisfaction and pleasure you have in life, without Christ, that's what you get. That's what you get. Zero, 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 dot you. <laughs> if you bring Jesus in your life, the small things you do make sense now. Because what? He will come to reward everything we do or say. So everything we do with him will be rewarded in eternity after. Those who serve at church, I have a good news for you. You come here, you sing, yes, I will. I will sing. I was checking. I was checking. I was checking. Some of you come early and open the door. The, the, the venue team comes and, and set the tone. You know, someone built this cross for us. Someone set this cross so that it can stand here. Some, you, saw, you saw someone coming and put that there, put that thing there. Everything you do with Christ will be rewarded in eternity. Small or big, everything you do, you serve at church, you help, you, whatever you do or say will be rewarded. Because Christ is at the beginning. Christ is the center. Christ is the center of your life. You can work as hard as you want without Christ being at the center of it. It's zero, 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 I wish we can read the Bible with this understanding. We are wasting time without putting Jesus in front. 
We are wasting time. And that is the purpose of the book of Revelation. That is the purpose of the study of the last days. It's not to scare us. It's to tell us, live with passion for Jesus. Live with passion for him. Because one day he will judge everything we do or say. That's the purpose of the book of Revelation. You know what? Christ in us, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. The day he will reconnect eternity before to eternity after. Glory for his church. Because we'll be overcoming the earthquake, the persecution. We'll be overcoming the famines. We'll be overcoming all the things that he mentioned in the book of Matthew. We will be overcoming all that good news for the church.